You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson and John Congdon. You're listening to episode 363 of the Daily Podcast, Daylight Edition. It is still sunny here in Southern California, and uh, it's actually time of day for, for most of the country. If this is your first time watching us, because we are on at this time, welcome. Happy to see you. Uh, if not, welcome back. Glad you guys were able to join us. You can be part of the show by popping into our Discord channel at discord.phpugly.com. And you participate in the show. If you're watching the live stream, you'll see the chat happening on the side of the screen here. And you can suggest title suggestions by an exclamation point title. And then whatever you think the title of this episode should be called. And we, after the show, go through them all and figure out who did the best. The podcast is made better thanks to some sponsors, PHP Ugly. Um, <laughs> no, that's PHP Ugly. That's us. PHP Storm and HoneyBadger.io, as well as PHP Architect, which is the business that John and I run, as well as some of our great sponsors on Patreon. And we're going to talk about all of them a little later. But for now, the aforementioned John. Hello, hello. You were going to get us canceled, by the way. I'm just saying that. What I do? What I say? You, you put out there a little tease trying to get people to watch today or, or be here live. And I, I just don't, I, I, we're, this is not <laughs> usual. It is not usual. But you you were teasing that there might be a guest. Uh, man, and I have got. There's not. I'm hearing everything twice. I don't know where it's coming from. You have to have YouTube open in another tab or something. No, nothing like that. Yep. Oh, so we're recording a little early today. Uh, today is my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Jackie! Even though you'll never see this, uh, decided to record early so that in case we go and do something later as a family and not rush back and you know spend some time with her on her birthday so i thank you for accommodating me and and making it and i don't know if we get enough good feedback if people like this maybe this will be the new thing this this can be the new normal it could be it is not thursday night but it is not Thursday night. We would have to. We would have to uh, commission a new song, wouldn't we? I think we need to anyway. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> is that? Alrighty. How was your week so far? Uh, well, it was going great up until today, and then today got a little, a little stressful. Why is that we, uh, today? One of our one of our clients, the client I do a lot of work on, we decided to upgrade to PHP eight. We've we've done this well. We've had this on the books for a very long time. We tried doing it a while back, but we have 
we have very few windows where we can do this sort of upgrade. So we're coming from seven to eight. And because of everything that can go wrong, because of how important the, uh, the site is, it's very important that we don't break things too bad. <laughs> so uh, we, we have certain times of the year where we're allowed to do this sort of migration. And we are in that time of year again. And we tried it today. And for the most part, it worked. But there was one little piece that broke. And obviously, it's got to be related to the upgrade because it literally was working this morning before the upgrade and then broke. Not not a huge piece, just nobody could log in. Oh, I yeah, saw that as a positive. Less load on the servers. <laughs> Client had an issue with it. We need to obviously figure out what's going on there and get it all fixed. Hopefully, we can get it fixed before we lose our before we lose our window of upgrade. But really excited about getting this client onto PHP eight. Don't don't we have PHP eight like staging servers? I'm shocked that not being able to log in wasn't caught there. Oh, John, I'm shocked about a lot of things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, it's been on non-production environments for probably six months now. <clears throat> uh, so yes, it's very, very shocking that something went wrong. Um, and obviously, we will do a post-mortem after the fact once we get it deployed. I don't like to point fingers uh, while you're in the midst of trying to fix things. Mm -hmm. I would like to kind of get it fixed. Then we do our little post-mortem figure out where the ball was dropped and go from there. Right. Makes sense. But yeah, besides that, um, got some great traction on a new client. Uh, really, really excited about this engagement. I'm going to spend some time with them. First thing, hats off to the new client. Obviously, we can't share names or anything, but if you're a like a contractor or, or even if you're a development studio like we are here at php architect you're you become very numb to or custom i guess numb isn't the word accustomed to either bringing broad in when everything has gone sideways and the business is like in panic mode trying to fix stuff or you get brought in when Somebody has a great idea. They don't know how they're going to implement it, but I have this great idea. I, I want to, you know, build and and then trying to build stuff. This client is neither. They they are they are an established uh, shop. They they've had applications running for a decade, decades now, that they've slowly built mm -hmm. on, and they just have identified like they're meeting this threshold of okay, we're, we're past our capacity. We're past where we can continue to grow with what we have. So let's start to plan for the future. Let's see what we have. Let's see where we can improve and let's see if we need to bring on resources. And so they had reached out to us. I'm like, I don't know what to do in this situation. This is too good. <laughs> exactly. So I'm so, so excited about this client. I, I can't wait to start meetings on scoping with them next week. But. Yeah, it's nice where, like you said, not on fire. So it's not, you know, you've got to get up to speed ASAP. It's, right. you know, we can help architect things and, and get things to a good spot. 
Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, besides that, uh, I think I, I, I mentioned I got my code deployed. Was it this week or last week? Uh, the code I'd worked on finally got pushed to production. Um, I don't know if it had happened last week for the show or this early this week, but no, no, uh, warnings or issues with that. It was a pretty smooth deployment. So yeah. Greetings nice. from Cuff. Oh, 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 oh. Grumpy's watching. We've got to step our game up. <laughs> We've got to step our game up. Very nervous now. Grumpy's watching. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Should be easy, uh, though. We can only go up from where we're at. Uh, yeah, it's really not hard to do worse. Yeah. Um, any more about your week before I... No, you can going. have it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I put out on Twitter. Just I don't I don't know why I went there because uh, I don't do Twitter very often. I think I was there for something else. I'm like, oh, let me just post this out there. Uh, my uh, database triggers, MySQL triggers or not, and why. Mm -hmm. And there's always a a strong feedback on that, and people don't like triggers. It's magic in the database. And I get that. I get it a lot. I So while I understand, I'm still trying to tackle a problem, right? And I think I told you last week, we were adding uh, some fields to a table, actually to two tables. And the, those alter statements took four to six hours each to run. So it, the tables are huge. We don't do this very often. I'm excited to get that on there. But these these four five fields are really only replicating data somewhere else in the database so that I can improve query performance on our worst performing queries. So I took the opportunity, instead of trying to find, you know, hundreds or thousands of places throughout the code base that might be updating this data, I wanted to say, a MySQL, if this table changes, update these fields over in these other two tables. I ha thought I had a good way because that's also how we do uh, auditing. So there's a store procedure that says, if this data changes, store this in the audit log. And it's not a great system, but it's better than nothing. And we did that probably 10 years ago at this point. So I tried to hook right into that and say, at that same point, inside that stored procedure, hey, update the audit log or insert in the audit log, update the tables. Yeah, that failed. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> work because I was trying to update the table that a trigger was on. Makes sense. Okay, so I scrapped that idea, which meant I had to go and add triggers to five or six different tables. And it worked great. It, it got it got released. It, you had to cascade got, your triggers. Not necessarily cascade. It was just <laughs> all of these tables already have triggers on them that say, "Hey, when you insert, update, or delete, call the audit log. Mm -hmm. You know, call that stored procedure." And MySQL five seven two and higher allow multiple triggers on a table. So I just added another trigger saying, "On insert, update, or delete, go update." these fields in one or two of these tables. 
again, not a big deal. Got released last night. I, after the release, I made sure to, you know, check the database. I'm like, it's all working. I'm getting updated information. I'm happy. Until you try to do an insert or an update with a join. So, you know, learn lessons the hard way. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is great. It works. I know it's not great, a great way to do it, but it accomplished my task. And then somebody tried running a query today and they are doing an insert, but joining on a table that has a trigger and that's a no-go. Mm. So back to the drawing board, got to figure that out. Um, we, we oh, gotta Jesus, you don't have a solution for this? You're supposed to come to us with solutions, John. The, the, the solution is don't use triggers because it's a bad idea, <laughs> which everyone told me was a bad idea. Uh, no, I, I, I came up with uh, plans within our ORM to do the same thing without the triggers, but mm -hmm. I need you know product buy-off to say uh, that's a good idea. And basically... It's a give and take here where if I we have two different ORMs because we're trying to, I, I think I've told you before, we still use a library that was written for PHP 4 that we've hobbled along mm -hmm. and Doctrine. So I basically went to them and said, here, here's a better option than the triggers. If the insert, update, or delete happen via um, data objects or via Doctrine, we can do the update we need, right? It's just that easy. It's, it's active record. If this mm -hmm. record is saved, update these fields. What I can't do is if there is raw, raw SQL somewhere that does one of those operations, mm -hmm. it, that would just take longer to find, right? So I was like, maybe we don't care that much. Most of our cred operations are happening via these two ORMs. Mm. Oh, I wish I could event source all the things. <laughs> you know I do. I so long story that. short, we uh, triggers, while it's a, a good shortcut and it, it got me where I need to be for now, uh, definitely not the right solution. Yeah, I use a pattern that I haven't used before. Actually, I think I'm I might have actually used it on a, my event sourcing um pattern um my event sourcing project. But the uh I don't know if it's observability or observation. I always mix it up. Uh since I'm using active record, I'm using Laravel active record, you can create this observer where if certain actions happen within a model create update delete um it will you you can have it do other things kind, kind of like kind of like a trigger in a database you know hey right. if there's an insert <laughs> do this mm -hmm. so it, it's it's kind of like that and i did see somebody reply to your twitter post about uh pushing too much quote unquote magic into the database Mm-hmm. And it's valid. We we had this conversation a little bit uh, a couple of shows ago. I think a lot of it comes down to who's managing the database. Like if you have DBAs managing the database, 
you know, the maybe that's where they want that to happen. Like they don't want that uh, that uh, burden to be on the developer to remember to do stuff. Or mm. that's why they do it. And like I said, with the work I've been doing with Document Store, Document Stores and CouchDB, I have really started to embrace the idea of the developer kind of being on the hook for data integrity and making sure uh, data is captured the way it should be captured. But easy for me to say, we don't, we're not a big enterprise. We don't have a, a DBAs. If you do, it's a different story, right? Because they, they want to be the, the, the last line of defense for data integrity mm-hmm. and want to be able to implement their rules to make sure their environment stays current. So yeah, a lot of it kind of comes down to the size of the application and the structure of your organization. And I don't really see triggers or or any of that as even even when we talk about foreign key restraints, which I think we talked about last week. That's not magic. It's just a function of that environment. So foreign keys aren't magic. <laughs> triggers are uh, in How a sense figure? that. Because things happen within your database that you're not, that you may not know about. I I am you, you updating. As a developer don't know about. Right. Right. But but things are happening without knowledge per se. Unless I mean it could be well it's shared. A, it could be well documented. Right. It's a functionality of the system. I mean, in that, I feel like where you're going with that statement is. Everything we do, we're we're magicians, we're magicians, right? Because all the code we do does things like you know who knows how that's happening. That's all it is to the DBA. They're just writing code in their environment to, to yeah. perform task. And so I tend to agree with you a lot there because I I look at it as you I could put a uh, a listener on a doctrine entity that does the same thing right but mm-hmm. if you don't know about it all of a sudden there's things being updated i think the difference is you could find it a little easier going through your code like you could look for like why did why did this field update and look through your code pretty easy and find it it may not always mm-hmm. be i see your point trying to figure out what triggers are on the table might be a little trickier you may not have access to that so right. it might be that's it could be hidden a little bit more from you in that regard. And back to the and event then, sourcing statement, right? In in that environment, in that architecture, anything that's done like the whole point of event sourcing is to understand how data got to a state. So mm-hmm. if if you have an a uh, environment where things are happening outside of that event sourcing, that's an issue. Right. Right. Exactly. So it, it just, I, I think it was that I affected other people's code without realizing it by adding the triggers, which mm. made it even more of an issue. Outside of that, I use triggers all the time. I got lots of triggers and stored procedures in the database. So in my mind, adding a handful more wouldn't affect anything, but it did. <clears throat> so just trying to find other ways around that. Well, if uh, we have a listener that has some ideas, 
uh, give John a holler on Twitter at John Congdon and let him know why he's doesn't he's not as smart as he thinks. And <laughs> if John thinks if John figures something out, I'm sure he'll bring it up on the show at a later yeah. date. For now, yeah. uh, speaking of code and making things easier and all the magic that happens, let's uh, get a word from our sponsor, PHP Storm. Thanks to JetBrains and PHP Storm for partnering with us. PHP Storm is a cutting edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a newcomer or it's just been a hot minute since your last dive in, there's never been a better time to revisit. With a slick, clean new UI, blazing speed enhancements, and a richer toolkit, it's transforming the way we code. It's time to start coding like a professional. Visit jetbrains.com forward slash phpstorm and kick off your 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. Thanks, Thanks phpstorm. PHP uh, Chris says he has no idea how to test triggers. Um, actually, wouldn't, shouldn't it be that hard if you actually use your database to um, run queries and you want to show that the triggers are, are working? So good point. It's it's, it's funny possible. if you don't understand, uh, Chris uh, Hartish Hart Hartish Hartish Grumpy Grumpy uh, Grumpy <laughs> programmer is the man who really got testing to become like a big thing in the PHP community. So it's funny that he he, he said that one thing exactly. he doesn't know. Uh, you and I ended up putting a couple things on our Trillo board that kind of overlapped a little bit. Um, and yeah, we did. Uh, I will, I'll move it over to our show. A blog post came out. We, we just ran the PHP storm. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> PHP storm. Uh, ad. ad. Yeah. And um, Brett, that's his name, right? Brent, 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 Brent. Um, you know, we're, we're big fans of Brent. Uh, and a lot of the work he does, and he he still does his blog on Stitch, Stitcher, he, Stitcher.io. Yeah, Stitcher.io. Are you are you going to correct me on show? Or are you just going to? I'm going to try. Time? Is that try. would that be okay with you? <laughs> <laughs> you obviously don't know uh, me very well. And I read it. I'm like, wow. I I don't know if that's necessarily right. So he he made a blog post that uh, the. Some of it says that he thinks there's this animosity between the Symphony community and the Laravel community. Maybe he's right. I mean, obviously, he has a lot more insight on the greater PHP communities than I do. I'm I'm more embedded in the Laravel community, been trying to get more familiar with the Symphony and the Symphony community. I, you know, only speaking from what I've observed and what I've been a part of in the Laravel community, I've never ever heard anybody badmouth Symphony or anything about Symphony. Um, I'd be curious why he felt like that was the case. Uh, and from what I've seen in the Symphony community, I don't even think they know about the Laravel community. <laughs> I've never seen Symphony developers. Uh, say anything bad about Laravel developers, but most definitely have never seen anybody in the Laravel community say anything bad about 
Symphony and the Symphony framework, especially seeing how 90% of Laravel is built, built off of Symphony components. That's a made-up number. John wouldn't correct me, but I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of a lot of Laravel is made up of Symphony components. I just I'm just curious. I mean, do you have any insight on this, John? That that I'm missing? Like maybe something happened that I wasn't aware of? I don't know if anything specific happened. I think it's just that there is a mentality. There's there is a fanboyism, and I I think I replied to the the well, thread on that yeah. one. Where I think it's it's not coming from, I don't know for sure, but I don't think it's coming from the top. I don't think it was the organizers of either event bashing the other. I think it's just talking to developers in general, and they are very passionate about the framework that they use. Mm -hmm. And some people feel like I am a Laravel developer, not I'm a PHP developer that uses Laravel. I am a Symphony developer, not a PHP developer that uses Symphony. So instead of it being a tool in their toolkit, it's their identity. And when you challenge somebody's identity, they, you know, they they get a little defensive and they're like, no, Laravel is way better than Symphony or Symphony is way better. So I think that's what it was. Maybe he had conversations with some developers that really felt like their framework of choice was the only option mm. so much so that they bashed the other one. Gotcha. And, and I'm being a little judgmental now. And again, a lot of this is because I'm in the Laravel community and I have said it uh, time and time again, you definitely have fanboys in the Laravel community. Very, mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that might be working against Laravel in that situation is that you have very immature developers who are passionate about this new framework they, that they learned called Laravel. And just like any, anything else that you're immature about, you, you just want to tell everybody how it's so much better than any of the other, any other decision. Anybody <laughs> and you just don't have the skill set or the depth of knowledge to understand what you're talking about. And I'm concerned when I saw that blog post, I'm like, I wonder if that's what happened. He talked like to a bunch of new Laravel developers who are, like you said, don't even consider themselves PHP developers because they just don't know about the enough about PHP to talk mm -hmm. PHP developers. Right. So uh, you don't, I think, just in general, again, the exposure I've gotten on the Symphony side, you don't see that as much, right? Symphony mm -hmm. developers do seem to be a little bit more rounded, a little bit more mature about their um, understanding of the greater PHP community. I don't know. I don't talk to enough uh, yeah, people. I'm going to stir shit up with the Laravel people. You know? <laughs> You're doing Can good. You give me this? <laughs> I, I did share uh, Michael Dorinda's tweet. Uh, that's the one I responded to about it not coming from the organizers because he tweeted out, there's no beef and showed a panel of Laravel and Symphony people, you know, getting along. And I don't mm -hmm. think this big battle where I think Brent, I don't want to say screwed up, uh, but what he did was he put out there like, I have this post that I'm not sure I want to put out there. And a lot of people saying, I have hundreds or thousands of draft posts that I'll never, we'll never see the light of day, but other people saying, yeah, share it. And that's what it was, was 
the Laravel Symphony thing. So I think starting the thread that way made it seem like it was a much bigger deal versus what it ended up being. Yeah. And <sighs> to his point, the, the blog post, the main point of it outside of the Laravel Symphony thing was being able to say, I don't know. And a lot of people don't say that enough. It's, I know what I'm talking about and I need to show that I know what I'm talking about by having a stance one way or another instead of, you know, I don't know, let me look at that and, and make a more informed decision later. All right, what else you got to talk you? Anything good? Uh, nothing good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just yes, like... I do. I want to go okay. back to issues I had this week. And I know, PHP Storm, you are a sponsor, so I'm not trying to bash on you, but I had a hell of a time with PHP Storm on Monday. Oh, it... you mentioned this. I, I didn't follow up with you on that because I really didn't care, but go ahead. <laughs> it, it was just nothing was working it got to a point where i would go to open a file and i always do the same key combination whatever it is something shift o type in a file name and it wasn't opening in the editor it was opening in the project view i would double click on the 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 file there it would not open i could <laughs> not i could Even not get it to work i invalidated the caches over and over again i uninstalled php storm and reinstalled it still couldn't get it to open a freaking file and <laughs> like i'm trying all the debugging things i know of and finally somebody said did you look at the logs i'm like crap <laughs> how did i not think of that so i i start tailing the php storm logs relaunch it Wait a minute, php storm has logs yeah i didn't even know this yeah uh if you go under window or one of the menu options you can go to figure out where the logs are stored mm -hmm. but it's all it's all java error stuff but through just reading through it or scanning through it quickly it was the idea vim plugin uninstalled the idea vim plugin it started working reinstalled it it still worked so something happened with the plugin what yeah i don't that's crazy i don't i, I don't even know what about you going to the project and double clicking on something would even trigger anything in the idea of them plugin. So it was causing, it was causing Java errors. So something with the plugin was holding something open. I can't remember what the actual error was, but it was at the Java level, not with, you know, not the plugin itself per se. <laughs> Fucking Steve. Oh, I can't say fucking anymore. We're in the middle of the day. Like kids are listening, I'm sure. Yeah, just 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 Steve King in our Discord said uh JetBrains couldn't figure out how to quit Vim. Yeah. It's hysterical. Yeah. So reinstalled the Vim plugin. Works fine. No worries there. Yeah. I owe another uh debt of gratitude to our Discord, uh discord.phpoakley.com. Um I think A was might have been one, but a couple of people in our Discord kept telling me to try Obsidian, and I had I had already kind of gone down the Notion path, and 
I I was actually had was in the process of giving up on Notion uh, before John and I decided to start using it for for the magazine. But I was like, I don't, I I really wanted a editor to do Markdown for me, but I wasn't in the mood for another tool. I didn't really want another tool in my tool chain. So I I I pushed back on the idea of using Obsidian for so long, and man, do I regret it. Obsidian's been such a great addition to my uh, tool chain. I don't know if Obsidian's yeah. an open source project, and they're definitely not a sponsor of the show. Uh, they do have a paid service, uh, but if you look or if you're looking for something to help you with Markdown and help you take notes, give Obsidian a look. My biggest thing, much like JetBrains, is what got me thinking about it. Is when you talked about the Idea Them uh, plugin, which, if you're not aware, Idea Them is what lets you use them in PHP Storm. But there is a Idea Them RC file that allows you to customize that experience, which something I love. Obsidian has the same thing. It has a Vim plugin, and then it has a Obsidian RC file that allows you to customize that plugin. So for me, the biggest thing is JK to escape. If I don't have JK to escape, it drives me nuts. eh? I don't know (laughs) what to do with myself. It's like, all right, I can't use Vim anymore. I can't JK to escape. Vim is over. So anyway, how do you type just kidding? Well, that's J slash k right i mean that's not just jk that would just be weird but uh whoever whoever it was i don't there's so many great people in our discord and i don't give them enough credit half the time but thank you for recommending obsidian i did end up going down that path and i am now a huge fan uh so yeah i need to find out if they're open source i'm trying i'm trying to be more open source minded again uh, since getting back involved with uh, scale, uh, I've been like kind of getting my open source feet under me again, where I've, I've kind of set it to the side. And uh, so I need to look at that. Uh, but before we move on, we have uh, a spot for one more sponsor. To our friends at Honey Badger IO for sponsoring this podcast. I looked for a long time for a monitoring tool that would work for me something that was going to be simple and get to the point. I needed clear, actionable intelligence on what I did wrong. Not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. That's why I use Honey Badger, the monitoring tool we always wanted. A tool that's there when you need it and gets out of your way when you don't so that you can keep shipping. Know when critical errors occur and which customers are affected. Respond instantly when your systems go down. Improve the health of your systems over time and fix problems before your customers can report them. Honey Badger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. Be the hero of your team and sign up for a free trial and start monitoring today at honeybadger.io. Setup takes as little as five minutes. See what you've been missing and fix it. Once again, that's honeybadger.io. Now let's get back to the show. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. And I honestly... I honestly can't remember if that's the AI me or not. Is that the AI me? <laughs> that's the AI you. I do not know. Because I usually edit mine so I don't sound so stupid. And I'm like, well, I don't sound so stupid there. <laughs> that, that could be me. I don't know. 
yes, Kalen uh, is in our Discord saying this is where he met John and I. We we talk about you all the time, Kalen. Uh, happy happy to know you listen to the show. Shouldn't you be working? Didn't you fail <laughs> that PHPA deployment? Just saying. Yes, uh, scale Southern Southern California Linux Expo. I'm involved with that organization this year um, for next year's scale. Uh, I still don't have my promo code. I promised you all. I need to. I need to figure out what's going on with that. I will share it in our Discord when I do get it. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're in the Southern California area, come April. Not April. Definitely not April. April, you should be in Chicago. March uh, 14th through the 17th in Pasadena. Um, come by and check it out. Uh, pretty cheap thing to attend, especially if you just if you just go to the um, vendor section. I think it's it's like $25 or something. I'm shocked that they uh, but, charge you to go, go to the vendor area. Yeah, uh, maybe honestly, maybe they don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Expo Expo Pass is twenty dollars. Scale Pass is eighty dollars, eighty bucks, right? And they have uh, sessions just like us, and it, it's not development sessions. I mean, they might have some developer sessions, but it's really more a lot a lot of networking, a lot of OS stuff. Um, yeah, they they have it all on there. I, I don't know if they have their schedule up yet because I do know that they just closed their call for papers or call for presenters and i think they're putting together their schedule speaking of call for presenters speaking of we have done a lot of work uh nothing finalized yet but we got together for a few hours the other day and uh we are looking at the the talks for tech in 2024 and oh my god so many good ones there are some great talks. I first thing, as always, need to apologize. You all aren't going to get selected, and I'm going to disappoint some very important people in my life, and I'm sorry. But mm -hmm. there are <laughs> so many great talks. It's uh, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm actually disappointed I'm not going to be able to attend. I mean, I'm I going to be there, but I'm going to be working. Right. We we went through, we have um, 39 or 36 slots for the one-hour talks. And I think as we were going through, we're basically making a queue of what we want, would like to see in there before we finalize it. And what were we up to? Like 60 that we have? <laughs> where, where we, we've got way more than, than we have slots. Yeah. And a couple of people had a great suggestion more tracks i love that idea <laughs> no, i love it but the budget our budget doesn't like it <laughs> yeah but yes i i i we could easily fill a fourth track probably a fifth track with just the stuff that john and i are like this is definitely what we want we want this right here and Ooh. now now we're in the process of all right, all right we have to get it down to you know something in kind of like okay let's send out the first round which we haven't if you're waiting for emails to uh let you know your talk got accepted we haven't sent those out but probably will be doing shortly probably but probably next week i think we can I'm, I'm, 
kind of hoping like we get those out and like you kind of want like a couple of people to decline <laughs> make it easier <laughs> because we've got so many more people like on the bench like ready to come in uh i don't know man yeah. it's, this is this year is definitely going to be harder than last year for yeah. sure we have we have way more submissions this year uh yeah. and i'm sure all of our all of i'm sure everyone that has submitted understands that we also have a budget we have to think about. So we had so many great talks from international speakers and, oh, you know, international's breaking my heart. I know we're definitely bringing some people over, but we had to leave so many behind and it's just, yeah. Yeah. Our international budget need us to say is, is a lot smaller than our in, in us budget. And it is hurting so bad right now mm -hmm. I, I i'm not even exaggerating i think the i think four out of the top five talks that john and i settled on were international it's like oh god damn it so <laughs> it's uh it's going to be it's going to be a tough one but we'll we'll get we'll make our way through it yeah um, and if you don't get selected i do hope you still attend uh we will we will make right by you guys for and, sure uh, make sure you can get in there we, we say that all the time as well as our listeners and our more important our patreon supporters yeah and hey, chris uh, we're we we aren't uh clumping canada in with international per se we know it's a little cheaper you know to, to cross the border that way than it is to fly over the friggin' ocean yeah yes yeah we we uh unfortunately yeah the international well yeah, I don't know what what would Canada Canada is Canada international. I mean, it's international. I just don't. I don't think the just flight technology. costs are that are quite the same. Yeah, yeah. We're we've uh, we're we're taking all things in consideration. We're trying to get as many speakers there. And oh my god, I am so happy with our keynote. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not our gonna first, let me our, share our, it, are you? Our our first keynote. Not until we have a, a title and something we can put on the on the website yeah it's i'm gonna be good. very excited about our keynote very happy when they when um, they when they said they were in i was like i was excited as, as well it's like oh i was kind of like really we, was that easy yeah we, we, we we're on a call with them and like talking to them about what the event's about and trying to sell know. it you know like oh yeah it's a small event but good people there and i'm assuming they're they were gonna like need to go and think about it check schedules or whatever and came right like, that's what i thought while, yeah. while we we're talking i was like oh i'm in I'm like sweet so you're really just like that you don't okay <laughs> sure no that's good no no background checks it, it it was funny because i had reached out to john and i'm like this this is the sort of keynote I I want to have at at a tech, and John was like, "Reach out to them," and then I debated for about five ten minutes. I'm like, "Yeah, John's right. I'm going to reach out to them." And I I reach out to them, and John's like, "Already reached out to them." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Well, okay. Well, now we both have." <laughs> You're like, he said something about looking desperate. The funny thing is, I then went to their Twitter account and was just trying to learn more. And they live like 20, 30 minutes away from me. Oh, why'd you say that? Why not? You're not supposed to say that. Why? 
Because now boxing. everybody who doesn't live 20, 30 minutes away with you is going to be bummed that they're not the main keynote. Oh. <laughs> well, we're saying we talk to the person. They would know. <laughs> Stop using logic against me. That doesn't work. <laughs> yes, they, they, they were actually another so Southern California speaker. So... Uh, and, it's, and before you ask, no, it's not so cow kid, or or nor cow kid. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, fucking some, Steve really speak. wants this the spot. Steve, yeah, you, you said you said the f word that time. Can we say? Can we say fucking? I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know where it's we're not at. like it changes anything. We're still not going to get monetized. <laughs> It's okay if we don't get monetized because we have supporters on Patreon. <laughs> I, don't know. I need to transition to it somehow. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that works great. Uh, thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. We'll keep your name up there for a little while. We don't need to uh, kind of keep... I'm not going to read through the list like I do every night. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on the the... <clears throat> magazine subscription to everyone that is a patron uh if you want the magazine and don't already have one you know bug me on discord and make me do it yeah as well as all the other questions that were asked about gifting it to somebody else or are using it to extend your current subscription we're we're working on all that like i said last week if we can automate it we will definitely do that and uh it's not an issue all right. yep. oh, oh, what are you taking me to now? Cursor.sh? What is it's Cursor? A it's, a it's a virus. Careful. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. <clears throat> the he, AI he first in code ed editor. Have, have you tried the um, AI within PHP Storm yet? So I was on the beta program. Um, oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I... I I was uh, so yeah. I have tried it. I haven't. I don't think I've tried it since they've done the official release. I don't know if, if, if anything's changed with it. Uh, but yeah, I I kind of given up on Copilot, GitHub's Copilot, a while back. Not because it was doing a bad <clears> job. <throat> it just it just felt like it was getting more in the way, and especially with my Vim movements, it would try to autocomplete. And if I hit Tab, it would just boom. It would autocomplete the GitHub. I'm like, no, no, I, I didn't want that. So I, I had turned off uh, GitHub Copilot. I kind of like the uh, PHP Storm AI a little better because it you can have that uh, panel where you kind of interact with it, where you say, hey, uh, the code I have up, can you optimize the, the function? And it will make suggestions that way. So, so that's how I've used it in the past. I just kind of forget it's there. Uh, so it's a little bit more like Chat GPT, right. where it's kind of like a separate thing that you go into and then you have a conversation with it. I guess Copilot's the same way on VS Code, from what I hear. They they did the same thing on VS Code. Uh, but yeah, I kind of stopped with the AI stuff with my development. If I get stuck. I, I'll I'll reach for it and say you know this is what I'm trying to do and see if it kind of comes up with a suggestion, but I mean it was working okay, <laughs> just 
uh, it just seemed to get in the way more than not for me. I didn't use it for any code. Uh, I did enable AI in our PHP Storm account. So if you wanted to re-enable it, it's there. You know, right now it's I'm playing with it. I don't know what I'm going to actually use it for, but I have a a simple script that I run locally uh, to backfill all that data I was talking about. Those five fields, uh, and it's going to take hours or days upon days to run. But that's another story. But as I wrote the script, I have it connecting to four different databases, and then I have a loop to go over each database and then update it all and then go to the next one. And then I commented out that four and put in another uh, for each loop with just the local database option in there, just mm -hmm. for testing purposes. And I asked it to analyze the code. And I, again, I don't know why AI continues to baffle me or surprise me, but part of the response was the commented outline for each blah, blah, blah at the beginning indicates that probably this script was initially planned to be ran on not just the local database, but also on other databases as well. And then list out my, the databases. Shocks me. I don't. Yeah. And that, that, that's the, that's the uh, JetBrains AI, right? Yeah. 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 I noticed that about the JetBrains AI as well. It, it was a little more chatty on that aspect of it I, I forget what i had used it on and it was kind of doing the same thing he's like hey I, I noticed by this you know comment that leads me to believe or whatever it said that you know you meant more for it to do more <laughs> i'm like okay don't worry about that comment okay that's between me and my ide you just worry about what i told you <laughs> yeah so this cursor.sh the AI first code editor looks like a standalone thing. Am I getting that correct? I don't know. I, uh... But it, it uses chat GPT to basically bring AI into your code base. It's like the you, AI, uh, AI wars have started. The AI. And they're not going away, huh? They're just not going away. Okay. What is it? Migrate. Uh, oh, they even have VS a one-click migrate from VS Code. That is interesting. So it's just well, another. It's, it's just another ID. Or yeah, so it's a fork of VS Code. Is what I've heard. What uh, was written in Discord. Oh, interesting. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess that wouldn't be so hard. So what's the? Yeah, I I can't get into this. I don't care. I really it's, don't. I mean, if if you really want the AI part, it's using Chat GPT. So you have to pay. You get, you know, fifty requests for free, and then if you so, want more, it's so is that a the month. big difference? It's using Chat GPT as opposed to Copilot, which is Microsoft, which who also creates VS Code. Who, like, I don't. <laughs> you're just going from. The whole reason you're going to create this whole other editor is so that you can use another AI tool? I don't right. get it, man. Who knows? Yeah. I'm over it. I'm getting over it. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely getting, like, AI overload. I'm, I'm about done with it, man. We had a lot of AI talks submitted to tech, too. I was shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of 
I'm feeling old. Ugh, speaking of feeling old, I'm feeling old. I'm feeling old. Like these new kids and their AI tools. I don't know. You want to hear something funny? And then I want to get I want to get to another uh, another thing here. Uh, the uh, current wife uh, got something from the current mother-in-law, <laughs> which uh, included a old school cuckoo clock that belonged to my current wife's mother's mother mother current wife's mother 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 there might even be another mother in there but i know it's at least that far <laughs> wow so maybe so it's a very very old cuckoo clock and it it had come needless to say you know, no electricity no anything else it's it's your old school cuckoo clock it had come wrapped up in newspaper i'm like Oh my God! Look how old that newspaper is. It was like that really dark brown, and like the the ink looked like really like. I'm like, that's like, like they're probably talking about Abraham Lincoln's assassination <laughs> and like the you know the MAGA of the time is saying it's a conspiracy. He's not really dead. Let's look at it. And the current wife gives me the newspaper, and I'm looking at. It, I'm like, you know, it's not that old, obviously. And I look at the date. It's from 83. I'm like, who the hell are you looking this old? And then I think, yeah, I mean, that's 40 years, right? That's, I mean, that is pretty old paper. It's like, I couldn't believe how old it looked. And I couldn't believe I was alive when it was published. I'm like, stop! I'm cool, man. So the paper really did look aged. It's just only 40 years old, not hundreds of years old. Yeah, yeah. It was only forty years old. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But still, man, that's not cool. <laughs> just Any good articles in there? Uh, so one of the things was the uh, TV guide, which you kids <laughs> might not know. There used to be a you used to get a TV guide in in the newspaper. Uh, that was fun. or you would and buy you would a see... or you'd buy a separate one. Or you buy yeah well if you're if you're rich and fancy and you wanted to do the crossword puzzle yeah you you buy the you'd buy the separate one uh, and it reminded me like how something used to show on multiple channels because you know there wasn't just like one service you would subscribe to to watch it it would be on whatever your NBC affiliate was channel two and channel four or you know something like that. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of cool, but it, yeah, just a bunch of. And then, of course, you know, the current wife thought maybe it, it has some relevance, so we're like looking through, and it's like, no, just a random, random paper from from then. Still, all right. The TV schedule is a separate magazine. Who, all right. who who reads print anything anymore? Wait a minute. <laughs> don't don't listen to me. <laughs> Reprint coding. We we talked about uh, Andy last week about how he still he still d prints out the MySQL documentation uh, so that he has it to, to thumb through. I do. I, I do like looking at my magazines. I, I got to be honest. I'm not trying to sell it. I, I felt this way before we took over PHP Architect. I enjoy having the print copy. I've always... Every, for as long as PHP Architect has offered a print copy, there was a little time there where they had stopped offering it. But for the entire time that they've offered a print copy, I have purchased the print copy because I enjoy having the physical magazine. Mm -hmm. 
And it just came in. Last month's just came in. You can't see it back there. It's all blurred out. Oh, I need to I need to uh go go to my mailbox and check that out. Okay, I'm gonna share something with you guys. I don't know how official it is. Uh it's somebody had shared it in a tweet somewhere or something, but it's just kind of um some uh, statistics around programming languages and where they are and how uh, PHP is measuring up. And PHP is still there. Um, so in 2003, and this is this is marked as 2003 quarter three. I assume again a lot of assumptions happening here. I assume this is grabbing stuff from GitHub open source projects. Uh, Obviously, these numbers can skew a little bit when you start talking about um, closed source solutions. Um, but as far as 2003, uh, Q3, PHP is coming in at number seven. Sounds low, but again, we have things like C++, uh, all right, TypeScript and JavaScript are on there. Fine. Okay, they're languages, <clears throat> but everybody uses them for everything. C++ is not a web language and of everything on here i feel like php is the web first language so you can write stuff in python java go as web as web stuff but php number seven it's kind of the first kind of web focused language in my opinion right um and this so, is yeah, just, we're still this is just that. looking at pull requests oh you can change the no. stars or push yeah stars yeah, and, and I don't think this changes a lot. Well, we dropped down to nine there. You know, let me let me zoom out a little bit because I did zoom in to for sake. Yeah, but as you put this up here, these these all shuffle around a little bit, but there's like nothing nothing drastic here. Bushes. So is this actually now that I say it? Is this is this stuff written in PHP or is this the PHP repo? I don't know now. I'm assuming it's files with the PHP extension. Yeah, I, fig I figure that's that's got to be it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be what it is. Issues. Yeah, like yeah, all and, these. And like like you said, P PHP code is going to have, for the most part, going to have JavaScript code going right exactly. along with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, JavaScript. That's like when these things, uh, usually you see HTML in here somewhere, too. Uh, I don't see HTML in this one, which, yeah. Actually, I don't see HTML in this one. No normally on these, on these, you end up seeing HTML as well. But, yeah, just uh, cool stuff. I mean, you know, again, we're in the community, PHP community, nothing is uh, super surprising, so... We we kind of we kind of know it. Unfortunately, it's getting popular again. So that's our, our secrets out. I don't know how. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know, John. You got anything else? Uh, no. It's already getting late. <laughs> it is late. getting late. Uh, I'm trying to see what else I have. Your kid is uh, asking me... why why we are streaming. Uh, said it at the beginning, but obviously you weren't here. Uh, mm -hmm. Today is my wife's birthday, so I asked Eric if we could record earlier. And according to our viewership, it might be the better time to to record. 
this this might be the new normal. We we'll have to see. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Uh, I am gonna I'm gonna I am gonna blast through a couple of cards here real fast if you're okay with it, John. Because yeah, you can't yeah, tell sure. me you've, you've got to get to bed. I mean, it's we're not that old yet, are we? Getting close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going. Uh, so the family and I are taking my wife out. So that's yeah. It. Um, I, I'm blast through a couple things here. Uh, this is Jess. Uh, he's big in the Laravel community, um, but he's also really, really big in the, the Vim community. I get asked a lot from people on what the best way to learn Vim is, and I have said for a very long time that I'm well out of touch of it now. I've been doing it for too long. Uh, he's working on a course. I don't know if this is going to have a cost associated with it. Uh, Jess is a pretty solid open source person who likes sharing information i'm not saying he's not going to charge for it but uh he does have a site here where you can kind of stay you can put your email in here and stay current for when he's releasing stuff um so if you're one of those people who have been wanting to learn them um this might be this might be the course for you i've i've never really found a good uh one source of them uh jess archer another laravel person on um on uh what's that thing called laracast uh had a pretty good series on neovim um and then there, there's a couple old i think there's like a vincast or something out there that i used to watch oh. back in the day but yeah there's there's just uh there's just a lot of things out there uh, one interesting thing that happened, and I, I'm only bringing this up, John, because I thought maybe you would find it interesting as well. When I was using my Pop! OS machine every day and John had um, started using uh, his iPhone, um, he, uh, you know, he had the whole, he went back to the whole blue-green bubble thing, right? So mm -hmm. that if, if you're not, if you're a non-iPhone person, you would not get the whatever bubble the Apple bubble is. Uh, I started using a, I started beta testing or alpha testing a product called uh, Beeper, and one of the so things it was the one you were using, huh? The, with the story. Well, about. no, not not exactly. Um, so what Beeper allowed you to do is allowed you to to connect to a bunch of messaging services, and it's like the old aim. What was game back in the day where mm. you could do Yoohoo and AOL and everything on the one? It, it was like that, very much like that. Not not a Electron app on a bunch of you know web interfaces. Uh, but the big thing it did it allowed me to message John on iMessage, and John had no idea. Well, he had an idea because I told him, but it, there was nothing mm. evident on his his end that it wasn't coming from an Apple device. So this group, Beeper, I guess that one individual like uh, feature got a lot of requests, and they created Beeper Mini, which that's all it did was allow Android users to message Apple users and not be excluded or not have the degradation of uh, the the experience that they had the degradation that apple forces on them because 
So anyways, they, they came up with this thing called Beeper Mini, and I guess Apple shut it down, and then the Beeper people figured out a workaround. So now they're it's it's an arms race again where they're kind of creating it and and uh, and that's the thing is like on Android you don't have to go through an app store you can sideload stuff easily right. a lot mm-hmm. e- more easier than iPhone. It was interesting on uh, I, I I I saw a few articles come in on this. I don't know if it's in the YouTube clip that I shared or not, but. It's interesting. Somebody started talking about it's you know what we've talked about in the past. How shameful Apple is to, to intentionally break technology so that they can force their people, their their people who use their product in their ecosystem, which is the only reason. And that's basically what they said. That's the only reason why we have this problem is because Apple knows that iMessenger is a big. Uh, product for their non-technical users especially and so they intentionally break it to keep their non-technical users in their ecosystem Mm. and i'm like it's so frustrating to hear that but they're so right we see that happen on so many of their products um yeah it's it sucks so yeah uh that sucks um the other thing i wanted to share and i'm not gonna share it on screen here i'll just before you move on, I'm, I'm I'm still confused on how they are getting into iMessenger. Like, what are what's the workaround? What are they doing? Like, if it's not open and available, how are they accessing it? So I don't know if you remember, John. Uh, about a year or two ago, I had stumbled across a open source project to for an iMessage server. Mm-hmm. You had to you had to run it on a Apple product, but you could tie into it with other devices, and then it would basically. I I don't, I don't know exactly how it worked. Like if it just ignored the fact that you ignored the fact that you weren't an Apple device and just said, "Okay, I'm going to process your message" or what, but it kind of did the same thing, right? It was this iMessage server that you ran on your back and then you can message it from other devices and it would emulate uh, iMessage to somebody else it was kind of clunky didn't really work great and I didn't care enough about it uh, so I just stopped I don't I, I have one kid that uses an iPhone now um, but back then I didn't have anybody in my life that used iPhones so it just it was more of a I was curious about it and wanted to see if I could get it to work so I didn't care about it I'm curious if they if that project is factoring into this at all. <laughs> I don't remember what that project was called. Uh, I should go back and look. But but, but yeah. that wasn't but that was an Apple project, and now they're tying into that somehow. Well, that was an open source project that was designed to be an iMessage server. And again, I don't know how it all worked. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's it's more that. If that was a something that had access to iMessenger itself, like I would assume that if Apple doesn't want people sharing this way, that it's a closed API, nobody can get get into the walled garden, right? Yeah. So I would imagine. Yeah. But obviously, there's a way, and it's like, how does that happen? Yeah. Ricardo, Ricardo, I am with you on the Signal. Uh, I love Signal. I just couldn't get anybody to use it. I, I tried. 
I, I ran it, it for years. Do you? Yeah. I I ran it for years, and I think you and I are the only two that use it, John. <laughs> you know, I I couldn't get anybody else to use it. I, I like Signal as well. Uh, Telegram is the same way. I, I kind of have more people on Telegram, um, but Signal is the one that. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the NSA. Uh, Edward Snow. Edward Snow. Yeah, Signal Snow- is the one that. Snow or Snowden. 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 Yeah. Edward Snowden uh, talked about and uh, kind of promoted for a while, and what he used to communicate with journalists after he was doing the leak. So, yeah. Uh, I dropped another link uh, for Discord people. It's called uh, GitHub Unwrapped. Yeah, I think this is this is officially from GitHub, I believe. Uh, it will, or maybe it's not. It's called GitHubUnwrapped.com. So I don't, I feel like I got this from GitHub. Yeah, they have GitHub uh, marketing on here for sure. Uh, it's kind of cool. It creates a video. Uh, based on your GitHub activity over the last year. Um, Why is mine a flat one? Get... <laughs> <laughs> mine just came up a video. Please stop coding. Just please, just stop. <laughs> we're, we're all asking nicely now. <laughs> uh, what's what's cool about it, though, is uh, if you're like myself, you do 95% of your work uh, in private repos for clients and stuff. You can actually give this permission to your private repos. It will still generate the video and hmm. and uh, demonstrate that as part of your video. I, I posted mine on my, I think it posted on my Twitter account. Uh, I, I didn't actually go and confirm, but I'll assume it's there. Um, so go give it a look. Okay, uh, we are running super long. John, you got anything else you want to talk about? No, but... I'm looking at the permissions you're given this thing and this application will be able to read and write all public and private repository data. I, I don't, I don't see a problem with that, John. It's not <laughs> going to make the code worse. <laughs> it's going to run it through AI for you and <laughs> repush. It's like, if you're just it's creating the video, why do you need write permission? Crying out loud. It's going to push right to main. It's got full permission. It doesn't even need to open up PRs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Uh, wimp. You wimp. Yeah, I want to. I want to see what it says, but that just seems <laughs> so bad. Like, not a good idea. All right. Anything else? No. Thank you for uh, indulging me and in recording a little earlier today. I appreciate it. Mm, thank, thank the listeners. And uh, listeners, uh, if this is your first time listening, and you'd be interested in listening more live. I mean, you could have been listening this entire time. We do release this as an audio podcast, and it's still on YouTube. But I get the whole live experience. Uh, let us know. I mean, we had a good turnout. I mean, probably as much, if not a little more, than we do in the afternoon. So maybe we make this uh, every other week or even a regular thing. Who knows? Let us know. Hit us up on Discord or YouTube, yeah. um, not YouTube. I mean, you can or, do it. wherever. YouTube, just, but Twitter, Mastodon. We're all over the place. Uh, besides that, I think that's it. I'm Eric. I'm John. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. <laughs>